Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from St. Luke, the 20th chapter. He looked directly at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. This is God's word. It is around this time of year when spring finally decides to make its appearance that the farmers and their families will go into the fields for that yearly tradition of pulling stones out of the soil. You see, when the frost works its way out of the ground, often it'll pull up not small stones with it that are going to be a problem for any equipment that come through the field. And I seem to remember when I served down in Bear Creek, Wisconsin, which is dairy farm country, that there were invites to come along and walk behind a truck or a trailer and pull stones out of the soft, muddy soil in the fields and load them onto the truck. And I always seem to be occupied with some other pressing pastoral task on those days. There's a farmer once who owned a large, large field with a very, very large Stone in it. Obviously, stones can vary in size. Some can be picked up and set on the back of a trailer or a truck. Others aren't going anywhere unless they have heavy equipment to move them. And some, even then, are just going to stay. This farmer had one such stone in his field that was quite, quite large. He wasn't moving it with his tractor. Or chain. It was going to have to be broken into pieces if he wanted to get it out of there. And so it had stayed there. Well, as old as time, he figured it had been there. And he always kind of cursed that stone. He could never plow his field straight because he always had to go around that really, really large stone. And there was more than once when the crop had grown up tall enough that it sort of concealed the stone that he'd run something up against it and bent a piece of his, you know, bent something up on his equipment that needed an expensive repair. But he also learned to count on that stone because it was a marker and he knew exactly where he was when he would come upon it. For sure, once when he had chased his dog out into the field because it had to run away, he got lost because it was dark and there was rain. And yet when he came upon that big, large, obnoxious stone that he always cursed, he knew he was roughly 300 yards from his house and which direction he needed to go to return to safety. Stones don't belong in fields and they don't belong in vineyards either. And yet in the parable that Jesus tells to the people on this occasion, there does end up being a stone in the vineyard. And it's that stone that is an obstacle 
for those who are in the vineyard. It's that stone that those who are in the vineyard often fail to see for the blessing that it is. The stone, Jesus would go on to say, is himself. It is Jesus Christ, the son of the owner of the vineyard. The one who goes into his father's kingdom, and upon going into that kingdom, he is cursed. He is rejected. In fact, those in the vineyard put him to death. They had rejected everyone the owner had sent before him, and then when the owner's own son goes into the vineyard, he is put to death. A stone can often be a source of stumbling. A stone can be a nuisance, as anyone who has pulled them out of a field on a warm spring day can attest. Jesus compares himself to a stone that is in the vineyard where the churches, where the people of God are at work. And do we regard that stone as a nuisance? Do we curse the son of the vineyard's owner? In other words, do we, the people of God, unwittingly curse Jesus Christ, the one whose vineyard we've been sent into to work in the first place? My question is, do we lose sight of why we are in the vineyard after all? Because that's where we are. We are working in the vineyards of our Lord God. And he sends his son among us. Do we receive him? Or do we reject him like so many before him? You see, the owner of the vineyard says he had leased the field out to tenants. You know what the thing is about a tenant? You don't own the land. It's not yours. It doesn't operate by your rules, but rather by those established by the one who owns it. We, the people of God, who work in his vineyard, who are called to be here in this kingdom, which God has established here on earth, where he rules by grace, forgiving sins, and speaking through his word, and offering life and salvation. That's the work he gives us to do. But it's not our work. It's his work. It belongs to him. God grant that we would never lose sight of that work that we are to be about. The word of God and proclaiming it boldly and loudly to the world around us. Do we, do we receive that word? Or do we stumble over it? Do we curse it? Do we not like what it says? Do we reject the strictures and demands that our Lord God places on us calling us to lives of holiness and service? Do we gather to receive 
those gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, or if we regard them all too often as a nuisance, a stone we would just as soon have out of the way. The stone that the builders rejected, Jesus Christ, has become the cornerstone, Jesus himself says, quoting Psalm 118. There is no vineyard, there is no kingdom without Jesus himself in the midst of it. The kingdom which God is building is built on Christ as the foundation, the very cornerstone on which this kingdom is built. Jesus Christ, who gives himself into death for sinners. Jesus Christ, who reveals himself in the holy word of God. The word we so often reject. You see, when you reject the word of God, you reject Jesus Himself. But in that very word comes the message that the stone has been rejected, the son has been put to death, and by that death, he has saved the very tenants whom God has sent to work. He has saved you and me. By that word, that word that we chafe against, that word that causes us to stumble and curse, by that word, he also reveals hope and life. That farmer that cursed that giant stone in the middle of his field gave thanks for it when he realized it was an anchor for him in the storms that threatened to keep him from returning to safety. And so in the storms of this world, we have a stone, an anchor, a sure foundation on which we as the church are built, on which God is working through his vineyard and through his kingdom. And that is Jesus Christ himself. God grant us to hear his word, receive it joyfully, that word of law which does indeed convict us and reveal that we are indeed sinners deserving of hell and damnation, and yet that word of gospel, oh sweet, sweet gospel that also tells us that the stone the builders rejected was rejected so that he might bear the curse of our sin and deliver us life and hope, and a sure anchor and footing in this world. In 1 Corinthians, St. Paul reminds us how so many regard the word of Jesus and his cross, so many regard it as foolishness, folly, nonsense something they would just as soon be rid of. We know that the Word of God is our foundation. 
It is our sure foundation in the midst of the storm. So when the winds blow and the storms rise up in this world, we are not moved. We are held fast. Because God in his love has sent his son into the vineyard and provides us the very rescue we need in the times of storms. God grant you to hear and receive this word even when it would have you stumble even when it's inconvenient and seems in the way know that this very word of God is Christ himself who is there to be your rock and foundation for all eternity Amen The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus Amen.